I was a young woman, much like the other women of my time, born and raised in one paradigm, the post-war era, and coming of age in another, the women's movement, the Vietnam War, and the sexual revolution. With no college education, I spent my married years supporting my husband's endeavors as my own, as women in those days often did, assisting in the acquisition of his Ph.D. and his climb up the career ladder, while alternatively and often simultaneously running our business and tending the home fires. I thought myself quite ordinary, small in stature, not quite five foot three, with black hair and deep, dark eyes. I also inherited above-average intelligence, a generous amount of common sense, and a work ethic from both sets of immigrant grandparents. Unfortunately, colleges don't give out degrees and experience, because eventually I gained a wealth of knowledge from being the operating partner in our business ventures. Since we were not divorced yet and hadn't worked out an agreeable property settlement, I was attempting my first solo business with community property, which eventually would have to be settled. I was opening a closed restaurant without ever having worked in one, but running a business, any business, was not a fearful thing to me, as I viewed businesses simply as inflows and outflows, with only the working parts varying from context to context. I had already proven myself capable of juggling the parts and achieving and maintaining the proper balance between the flows in several previous enterprises. The only scary part for me this time was the aloneness. Would my sole judgment be good enough? Did I know enough? Was I strong enough, savvy enough, and shrewd enough to make a go of it? Did I have enough will? My extraordinary attributes, though completely unknown to me at the time, were my indomitable will and my faithful intuition. My will was of such strength and determination that it naturally pushed me onward, even if only one halting step at a time, especially when my heart was not able. The mere fact that I was rising from the ash of near-total loss was evidence of my stubborn will. I watched myself persevere with amazement and curiosity, as if observing someone else. Since my childhood, I had been intermittently and only vaguely aware of my intuition as a way of noticing and feeling things about people or situations, especially despair and misery, the inhumanity, as though I were inside the experience myself. This capacity both drained and compelled me, because I did not understand its source or its purpose. I felt deeply the unspoken messages of fear in human relationships, bureaucratic policies, pointless rules, and bizarre behaviors that enslaved people, and I was baffled by why these things continued to stand unchanged, let alone unchallenged. For example, when I was about 13, I puzzled over what the Protestants and the Catholics, two religions rooted in the same Christian beliefs, could possibly have to fight about when they had something so great in common. Obviously, they thought they were very different, and their warring was over their perceived differences. However, two questions stuck fast in my mind. Why could they only focus on the difference? Why would they continue to fight if they could see what they had in common? In my first job at the telephone company, I worked in the poorest area of the city. There, my intuition called me to notice that the average telephone bill in this area was considerably above the citywide average. My mind struggled with that paradox. If these people were so poor, why did they choose to spend so much money calling all over the world? Was it that people needed to communicate or to be heard to feel important? 
Or perhaps a phone call was a small vacation, a temporary distraction from tormented lives that they felt powerless to change. What if they could feel and know their importance? If they felt powerful, what then would they choose to do? At 23, I became a student of life when we purchased our first enterprise, a small liquor store. The business became my classroom. In that little shop, I came face to face with the reality of just how insignificant people felt and realized the many not so beautiful ways in which they tried to fill their voids. At six each morning, just before dawn, they would wait for me to open. There they would do small chores for wages and then spend their wages for a pint of Thunderbird, courage in a bottle for only 68 cents. As the days turned into weeks and the weeks into months, I came to know these nameless people intimately because my intuition compelled me to listen carefully when they spoke. I was in awe of the many things they just knew.